0: Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication. And we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. If you are joining us for the first time, we're in a season of conversations around education and the fascinating research coming out in my next book, Outsourced. When I first became a Christian, I got plugged into a tremendous Bible-believing, kind of a spiritual boot camp church in Florida. Maybe you remember the story. I know I've told it in the past. It's uh, when I was seriously scolded by this college campus minister for my wayward lifestyle, and I started genuinely examining my party girl ways. I held them up to the light against these verses this minister was telling me about, and I saw that the life I was living was definitely outside the scope of what, by any stretch of the imagination, could be called remotely godly. I left my life of sin, shall we say, and found this great church where I really began my walk with the Lord. And even though it was 30 years ago, and this was in the virtual Bible Belt of Northern Florida, the pastors already saw the seeds of some of the challenges we've been talking about in the public school system. Way back then, the fear of that was being promoted in the public school system was this sudden unfounded disappearance of natural resources. And in fact, the pastor's children were coming home from school and they were terrified of turning on the water. They didn't want to brush their teeth or take a shower, which I know is not always that unusual for young children. But in this case, there was this overt sense of terror that was attached to their responses. Their public school teachers were putting this fear in their little hearts that we were going to run out of resources, in this case, water, and that they had to stop using so much of it. Now, you and I know that the God who created the heavens and the earth also created the resources to sustain them, If you've subscribed to the lie of overpopulation, go back and listen to my show on breaking off those nonsensical theories. As the creation scientists at Fourth Day Alliance have shown, we can fit the entirety of the Earth's living population in 1,000 square foot homes in the state of Texas, leaving the rest of the Earth completely empty. The world is not overpopulated. Now, some cities are overpopulated, as we talked about, but the world itself is not running out of resources. This is one of those fear-driven models of teaching in the public system. And it's even more alive and well today than it was 30 years ago. Now, our package pastors back then they stood up and they took action and what they did was they started a christian school in their church just like we've done today at awaken academy and just like you can do at your church now you know i'm no stranger to fear you know that if you've if you've listened to my show for a while i've talked about my testimony and overcoming fear in fact if you missed the show where i talk about overcoming fear you can scroll back a few episodes to shows like fear factory and peace in the age of anxiety but fear is such a pervasive emotion in this generation it's one that's been perpetuated by the public school system you know that i didn't grow up in a perfect home if you've been listening to the show for a while in fact i spent the first two decades in my life struggling with anxiety depression suicide ideation ptsd even though we didn't have the word ptsd yet in our vernacular maybe you remember the story i told about breaking free of a paralyzing fear of the dark when i was in college seriously But fear is insidious. It has different levels, different layers, like what we see manifesting right now in the most anxious generation in the history of our nation. You know, a couple of weeks ago out of nowhere, I sensed that spirit creeping around my door, sneaking up to try to find a foothold, pushing against my thoughts, trying to find an open door to flood my brain with its toxic presence. But when you have the sword of the spirit, when you know the word of truth that's literally been stripped away from the youngest generations, then you have this weapon you can fight back. And that's exactly what happened. This idea, this word that I'd been meditating on about idol worship and the singular focus of the human heart suddenly rose up like a flood in my heart. It lit up this flame in me and reminded me that there could only be room in my heart for one fear one true object of worship, and that there's one only one entity who was deserving of that fear, and that's God. Now we don't talk a lot about this today, but Jesus actually said in Matthew 10, 28, he told us, "Don't fear the one who can harm the body; fear the one who can throw both body and soul into hell." Ouch! You know that thought kind of hit me right there. It was this mindset shift. I decided in that moment that there could only be room for one fear in my heart. But the youngest generations, they don't have that. They don't have access to this weaponry that's mighty for the pulling down of strongholds because they've been taught in classrooms where, quote, character education replaced the wisdom of God. This is a sterile replacement, an ineffective replacement. When Candace Owens spoke at our church recently, I know I talked about her message a couple weeks ago, but she outlined the same movement of fear throughout history in the public sector. All the threats that have been manipulated to force this mental or physical dependence on government or on big business. Fear is certainly no stranger to the next generation. But this is just one of the many toxic teachings that serve to Undermine them and arrest their development emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually, professionally. If you have not yet read John Taylor Gatto's landmark book, Dumbing Us Down, I think it's 1991, turn off the show right now, order it on Amazon, and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. Gatto was a teacher in New York for 30 years. He won Teacher of the City, Teacher of the State, and he gave this chilling address from his revelations that he actually prints in full in the book. He explained seven principles of teaching that governed his methodology, even though at the time he was unaware of the impact until he had, you know, the blessing of hindsight. But these were these were principles like teaching indifference, teaching conditional self-esteem, teaching emotional and intellectual dependencies. These are principles that stand in stark contrast to the fruit of homeschool students who have this sense of identity I've been talking about that's unrocked, this purpose, this It's notably more, notably higher than their public school counterparts, and I'll put schooled in quotation marks there. But Gatto says that one of his many, many great quotes is, school is a 12-year jail sentence where the only curricula learned is bad habits. He says it's a place where children have been divorced from what he calls significant parental intention, and thus they act like children of divorce. He notes, a generation who hate solitude, they're cruel, they're materialistic. They're dependent. They're passive. They're violent. They're timid in the face of the unexpected. They're addicted to distraction. Doesn't this sound familiar? He says these are the same markers as a child who has been deprived of parental attachment. It's sobering. Like Dr. Ray of nheri.org, which I've recommended you checking out before, Gatto tells parents, that are listening into this national speech where he's getting this award. He says that homeschoolers educated by ordinary parents are a full five to 10 years ahead of students educated in a traditional school. And after 30 years as a highly decorated teacher, Gatto puts it this way. He says, quote, government monopoly schools are structurally unreformable. End quote. He's, uh, we say this often on the show. Don't mend them. End them. America's kids don't need education reform. They need an education revolution. There's so much more in Gatto's book. You won't be able to put down your highlight, your highlighter. So make sure you check it out. Over the next few episodes together, I want to talk about 10 toxic traits that the government school system is spewing out like raw sewage into the oceans of our youngest generation's hearts and minds. As parent educators, we have the opportunity to set the record straight we have the opportunity to be able to teach and provide a biblical education that teaches the next generation to steward the earth without worshiping the creation to to have this opportunity to reset the focus of things like what ifs to he can and he will I mean imagine a generation that has the highest recorded rates of anxiety in the history of our nation imagine being able to share those revelations and those mythbusters with your children before they get stuck in habits of the heart. Imagine what it would be like to reset their hearts from fear to peace, even as children. And again, that spirit of fear is very pervasive in the next generation. You know, the Harvard Business Review recently published findings from a study of the two youngest working generations, which are millennials and Gen Zs. We have alphas coming behind them, but they're not yet the working generation. And the Harvard Business Review said that They are the most anxious generation of all time, which that part's not new. We already knew that. Many other researchers have been saying that for years. But the study showed that 50% of millennials and 75% of Gen Zs said they had left a job for mental health reasons. 65% of the students in the survey said they had experienced overwhelming anxiety in the previous year. You know, the Bible says that the enemy prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. That's not just a catchy little tagline. That is reality. We face an enemy and we need to be ready for battle. Right now, that enemy has unleashed his power on the two youngest generations. The stats on their anxiety, depression, abortion rates, STD rates, suicide ideation, atheism, many of them are stuck. They're jaded. They're cynical. They're disinterested. They're passive spectators. Listen, there is so much more. We were made for more. Our kids were made for more. In my book, The Science of Social Influence, I write about a parent who was so disconnected from her child's needs that she was literally playing a game on her phone while her son committed suicide in the next room. This is a dramatic and tragic example, of course, but it parallels what's happening all around us in the culture. The public school crisis didn't just take over American minds and souls overnight. It's been this gradual turning up of the heat, this gradual decline of values and truth and integrity until we reach the point where we are today, the most atheist, depressed, anxious generation in the history of our nation. It is time to turn the tide. Maybe one of the greatest of the many great arguments for homeschooling is Proverbs 13, 20, that whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fool's suffers harm. First Corinthians 15:33 puts it even more succinctly, bad company corrupts good character. Luke 6:40, we've quoted before on the show, says that the student when fully trained will become like the teacher. If we have an end goal of our children being wise and godly, then we need to connect the dots here. You know, true wisdom and godly character are not being stirred up, taught or modeled in 99.999% of the schools in America. We know the root by the fruit. The children in America's government school system are being trained up in hedonistic philosophy that breeds anxious little atheists who have no direction, no drive, no sense of purpose beyond the momentary pleasure of instant self-gratification and addiction. Identity and truth have to be modeled first in the home, of course, but. They need to be supported, not undermined by the scholastic community. We kid ourselves if we think we can send our children out at age five to battle the hardened atheists of the academic world. God's Word is purposeful and protective in its clear warnings and directives in child rearing. If you're new to the show, we are in a season right now where we're unpacking American education. And if you're homeschooling for the first time, be sure to check out what we're accomplishing in our partnerships with parents and the local church right here in San Diego County. You can learn more at sd.com and cvcu.us, that's Chula Vista Christian University. You'll find helpful tools for support, community engagement, and if you're a pastor in San Diego County, you can DM me for getting help getting your church active as a homeschool support realm. It's our responsibility as believers to make those needed sacrifices right now to steward, to guide the next generation of champions for the kingdom of God. You know, as we've been launching this education revolution across San Diego County, I've been talking with a lot of parents, obviously, and many of them have had this realization that Something was wrongly placed in the driver's seat of their affection. So not really sure how to name it, how to identify it or what to do about it, but they have a sense that something has been wrong. And gradually, as they step into this parent-directed model, they awaken to this idea that they've given their hearts to the wrong focus. It's easy to do. It's this gradual refocusing of our time and affection that veers us off course gradually over time. But the reality is that the human heart can sustain worship of only one entity at a time. I mean, think about the dichotomy of serving, right? We'll serve as master. The Bible says either God or money. Think about the dichotomy of fear. We talked about it earlier. We're going to fear either God or man, one or the other. Which one? The Bible tells us we're only to fear God, not man. King David prayed in Psalm 86 Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Listen to this part. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite. Yahad means to unify, to concentrate our affections. Our hearts need to be united, not fragmented. They need to be focused on loving, serving, fearing God. And this service, this fruit should be productive. As Philippians 2 says, we have to be mindful to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And these offshoots of our unified heart should be great productivity. For the kingdom of God, there should be evidence in our lives, in our children's lives. You know, this is actually a great litmus test for our homes and for our children. The larger culture outside of our window swells with celebrity worship, with fragmentations of identity, of idolatry. We have this unique ability as involved parents to help steward our children's hearts so they won't be vulnerable to these permeations. In fact, some of the cultural norms I've noticed in working with Public schooled and homeschooled students over the last 20 years in the classroom is that by and large, my homeschool students have a far greater sense of identity by the time they reach their teen years. You know, if you're in the state of California, you know, obviously, I hope you know, I hope you're aware that identity is one of the key foundations being attacked in the lives of students across the board, K to college. And so we as parents, it's our responsibility to help our children develop a stable sense of self. That's what we call an identity, a stable sense of who we are, that intrinsic value we carry as a son or daughter of God. There are, of course, many overt attacks in the government school system, but there are just as many little foxes that seek little by little to spoil the vineyard, to undermine parental authority, Christian principles, Even the spirit of innovation and creativity. And over the next few episodes, we're going to be unpacking some of those 10 toxic teachings of the traditional school system from my forthcoming book, Outsourced. And I think fear is a great starting point. It's so pervasive. It's not just in kids, but it's also in adults who've also been trained in the public system and are now bearing its fruit. That's about 95% of our nation, my friends. I mean, remember the stats from George Barna a few weeks ago that only Six percent of the millennial generation have a biblical worldview. And this generation is the one that's raising up the next generation of children. And again, we can go back like we did before to three decades of schooling, five decades of schooling. You know, the people that were students in the classroom now are the teachers in the classroom and they're they're indoctrinating in that same methodology and ideology that they learned as students. You know, one of the great Benefits again, many great benefits of homeschooling from a national perspective or a macro perspective is this we can educate two generations at once because parents are learning right alongside with their children, unlearning uh, first, right? Everything we learned in public school and then learning. You know, I think, um, you know, as I've been kind of working with churches in, su- in Southern California, and listen, it's been eye opening. <laughs> It's been an eye-opening experience to talk to all of these diverse people who some of them have this wake-up call and some of them are vehemently opposed to waking up from their slumber. But I've been very concerned with the lack of awareness, the lack of willingness in leaders across San Diego County to speak up and Of course, I know this shouldn't be surprising. I've read all the stats. I've read all of Ken Ham's works. If you haven't checked them out, I've been following George Barna's research for years. So I know I shouldn't be surprised. I know that 90% of American Christians don't read the Bible at home, but I do honestly continue to be amazed at this resistance. I had a a pastor at a a church in our state ask me to speak and then told me specifically, make sure I don't give the impression that if parents choose not to homeschool, I disapprove of them. And he asked me and said, make sure you give advice to parents who choose to remain in the public school to help them protect their children and be a positive influence to school. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Let me just say it plainly. Just like abstinence is the best way to prevent an unwanted pregnancy, keeping your kids out of public school is the best way to prevent their indoctrination by the government system. Is that clear enough? pastors across San Diego County, I'm calling you to step up. And of course, I welcome the opportunity to speak with any Bible-believing church about the vital role Christian institutions play in reversing the sobering trajectory of the next generation. It's going to take all of us working together, putting aside our differences to be able to turn the tide. But We cannot ignore the research on these statistical comparisons between homeschool and public school, and honestly, it's time we stopped apologizing for them. Students who attend public school, even if they live in a Christian home, have the lowest return on a faith investment than any educational sector. Less than 15% of them will survive public school with their Christian faith intact. That's a terrible ROI, my friends. That's a huge gamble, an extraordinary risk to take on the eternal positioning of human life. You know, it used to be that the two most influential voices in the lives of Gen Zs or well, then the youngest generations were the family and the church. They were the most significant voices. Now, of course, it's media, the school system. And, you know, if we want to restore parents and the church to those significant spheres of influence, then a church-based homeschool academy is a model that is fully equipped to do that. Now, if we're content, on the other hand, to watch the most depressed, anxious, atheist generation in the history of our nation continue on the same path that led them to this place of despair, then we should continue to do what the American church has been doing for the last 50 years, look the other way and hope for the best. I hope you won't do that because the, the weight of responsibility for the mental, emotional, physiological, spiritual health of the next generation rests squarely on the shoulders of the Christian community. And, you know, if we're more afraid of offending someone than of speaking a truth that might save their children's soul from hell, honestly, we might be standing on the wrong side of the dividing line between the sheep and the goats. You know, as a nation, we have wasted an extraordinary amount of time and resources in the public sector trying to fix a broken system. A better question would be, How can we rescue parents who want out-of-government indoctrination centers, but they feel trapped? Or what responsibility can the local church take to sponsor parents who believe they're unable to, to homeschool? How can we come alongside them, support them, and make what seems impossible possible for them? As Candace Owens said when she spoke at our church a few weeks ago, she said these fundamental structures of early American society still work to preserve the faith today. We raise our children together. We take turns homeschooling them in like-minded groups of families that will help preserve rather than undermine our Christian values. No public school, however positive its stats may sound, is teaching from the true foundation of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, guaranteed 100%. You guys know I have a PhD in human development. I have a background in Gen Z educational methodology. I know what it takes to help them. I cannot, in good conscience, make recommendations for parents who want to stay in a broken, destructive, dysfunctional system of education. You know, I I know that there is another way. And I believe that if churches really did come together and we partnered and we helped the next generation, we helped millennial parents who feel like they can't do this. We came alongside them instead of looking the other way. I know that we can turn the trajectory for the next generation. If you're joining this conversation for the first time, be sure to check out these books. Ken Ham, Ready to Return. He's got some other great ones that lead up to Ready Return to Return, but he does kind of summarize those in Ready to Return. James Taylor Gatto, I talked about him earlier. His book, Dumbing Us Down, is just, you cannot put it down. It's so highlighting every single page. So, so incredible. Kevin Novak's book, Abolition, will totally reset your mind on on the government's illegitimate authority as a provider of education in the United States. And a brilliant podcast also by John Taylor Gatto. He kind of summarizes like 900 pages of research in an hour. It's called A Short Angry History on Modern Education. Of course, don't forget to check out all the stats at NHERI.org. I am fully confident in God's ability to complete this rescue mission, to help parents step up, begin discipling their children, and to see this generation turned away from spiritual apathy and toward a firmly rooted transformational focus on the kingdom of God. And I'm fully convinced that the local church is the answer to this national crisis. I'm praying for churches across our county right now to step up boldly into the flood of parents all around us who are seeking refuge from the public school system to give them hope and practical opportunities for change as we have. Again, at Awaken Academy, 93% of our 500 students have come directly from the public school. Listen, the harvest is ready. Join us right here next week on the show as we continue this conversation. We're gonna talk more about the 10 toxic traits of government education. And if you're local to San Diego County, be sure you check out the tremendous work we're doing at awakenacademysd.com and cvcu.us. That's Chula Vista Christian University. Parents and pastors, it is time to rise up for the sake of the next generation. We can turn this trajectory around one heart One church, one family at a time. I'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dunn or via email to contacts at DrLisaDunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E dot com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.